focusing on an emerging generation of kings. So let's go. How we doing? Tell me in the comments. Someone says, doing all right. Yeah. There are just different things happening because sometimes the video is off. Well, let's go. We move. Tonight is very important. It's a tactical teaching. Super stoked for today's service. Doing good. All right. Ready. Ready or not, here I come. I'm, I'm happy that you're ready. Focused tonight. Doing okay, so ready for the word. All right. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Good to know. Now, what have you sold this week? Tell me, what have you sold? Because one of the major to-dos from Sunday was sell something. So to make sure that we're doers of the word, not just hearers of the same, tell me what you have sold. And I said it. I said those who are going to sell, you're going to have testimonies. So if you don't have a testimony yet, it could be that you haven't been selling or you haven't sold enough. Whatever you've sold, airtime, cake, hairstyle, idea, design, free events, because you actually need to sell free events, right? <laughs> the fact that an event is free does not mean you don't need to sell it. Because if you don't need to sell free events, then free events should be packed out without any kind of publicity. But you know you can have a free event and then nobody actually attends. So selling sometimes means... There's no prize. <laughs> Bukala said so free to get to an event. All right. <laughs> it's all a part of it, isn't it? How to collab meeting for a product ideation with a business expert today. Good. Stay working on a voicing project idea I had from two weeks ago. Good. Keep it coming because the whole point, like today's teaching will require action. In fact, every teaching actually does, right? But there are some teachings that is as good as wasting your time if you're not going to act. There are others that may not be action-based. There are teachings that could be reflection-based, meditation-based. There are teachings that could be uh, rumination-based, right? The whole point is for you to think but they are teachings that the point for you to do. And this mega series, again, massively what? Executing, not just exploring. Executing God's agenda. So one major aspect of it is execution. You've got to do. So when we said sell, somebody ought to be thinking, like ask Bukala, I've been telling Bukala, what else can we sell from Dream Space or our Dream Space? So, for example, one of the things that we should have been selling is free spaces, right? Workspaces, because we have spaces. So, if you if you open up that place to six to ten people a day, right? It's not just about the money you're making; it's about the difference you're making. It's about the fact that somebody is being distracted in a hot and bothered environment, where an idea they've had for months will not come to pass because they don't have the same space to be able to think 
reflectively. Whereas you have this lovely, beautiful space, right? Are you getting the point? So you have to be able to act. You have to be able to act. That prophetic word is go and sell. For some, for some people, that's your prophetic word. Your prophetic word is not an angel is going to appear to you on Third Milan Bridge and say, God has plans for you. No, it's as you sell. Okay? Freelancer discussing a new business stream with a key thinker. Good. What are you selling? I, I don't just want what are you doing. Selling. Because let me tell you what, if I don't get enough responses now, I'm going to pause this teaching and be like, everybody right now sells something. <laughs> All right, so we might as well do that. Everybody sells something right now. You can sell in the comments, by the way. I want to give you permission. Sell something right now in the comments. Let's practice it. I'm opening up the door for the next five minutes. Sell something right now in the comments. I plan to sell more products. It's not about plans. Today is Wednesday. That message is on Sunday. Time is of the essence. The prophet said, go and sell. Inquiries have been coming. All right, good. But that, I'm not, I'm not impressed with inquiries. I want, like, where I want us to get to with the word, as before it's dropping from my mouth, people are running with it. And the reason I'm sticking on this point, I actually wrote, Three teaching points, right, in my outline. The reason I'm, I'm starting with this is I want to gear you up for action. I know you're not a car, but I want you geared up. <laughs> yeah, you might not be a car, but I want to get you started. All right, beautiful. Ogie says, I'm now taking orders for love and treats, cookies, banana muffins, and cake loaves. Beautiful. Today is Nora's birthday, so I'm going to be buying... Today's Nora's birthday. I'm going to be buying Nora some of the love and treats things as part of our birthday stuff. Beautiful. So, Ogie, let's, let's do that conversation after service. Happy birthday. Nora, we celebrate and appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate Shia is doing 10% off. I'm going to be buying my wife a dress on the 10% off on Shia's stuff today. Uh, let me see if I can buy it from two or three other people. Pardon? Available for market runs this weekend. I can shop for your home, office, and store. Great. Bukola, let's see what we can do for us at Dream Space. Some of the things that we need to buy in bulk. Let's see if we can do that. Pilan has posted his own again, just in case Pilan this it. <laughs> Go, 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 go. If you're taking orders from people, claim it. Because I want us to... See, sometimes eh, I think that we're waiting for some mysterious... But that's not the way it works. Let me show you what I mean. When Jesus told them, go and fill the water pot with water. How many of you know it looked... It was a very natural process. Right? PLT. It was natural. It wasn't... That... When Jesus told Peter, cast your net to the right side. That's Jesus saying... Sell your juice at Business Expo. That's that just a market your muffins online. It didn't look spiritual. But it's in that that the super comes on the natural. Now, I told people sell in the comments and only five people have posted what they are selling. 
Come on, guys. Take on those offers. Take on those offers. Taking orders for handmade bags, laptop bags, and purses. All right, Becky Pen, I'd like to see what you have. I'd like to see pictures. I didn't know you did that in a way. Oh, let me check out the guys on YouTube. They will not be left out. I have three more minutes to close the market. <laughs> Benedict says flower lapel, flower lapel shirts available for every size. How do we flower lapel shirts? Do you mean? flower patterned shirts or the lapel roses. I need to know where you think. Lapel shirts, okay, with flower prints. Yeah, send me some of the pictures. Let me see if I can get one or two. Uh, I help people register their businesses, business name, NGOs. I also help business advisory services and all your living needs. That's Bodo Agati Fair. So heat her up. <laughs> Minister just uh, selling Cecilia Weeks, the awesome Asian Weeks for an awesome discount today. See, yeah, our pastors to are selling things. Please reach out to Bonnie Gray Resources for Recruitment Needs. Experience hirings. You can refer us to correct clients to. I love the qualification, correct clients. I'm also taking orders for soup and stew bowls. It's sweet to jolly belly foods. All right, good stuff. Okay, GB uh, says I sold myself to a potential partner to join his EdTech today. By developing a strategy for its ethic. All right. So, guys, let's sell. The time for the market space is. Okay, PLT. I'm going to start a promo next week, building up to our anniversary, our wedding anniversary. I'm doing a discount on all premarital sessions. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> for you and your friends, only five slots. Send me a DM to book ahead for yourself or family. Yeah. So long as I be out there, I can buy the promo man. Good stuff. Let's support one another, right? And let's make it a cultural thing. One of the things we want to do is whenever you have a need in your life, something you need to buy or something you need to pay for, ask, is there a member of my spiritual or biological family that I can uh, purchase this from? Now I know that some of those things also have their own peculiarities and issues and challenges and stuff. That's true. But as we begin to, to help, right, so as we begin to engage the process, we'll refine it, okay? We'll refine the process as we begin to engage it because you can't just conclude that, oh, I, I don't like to do business with church people. What you want to ask yourself is what kind of church people and why? How do I eliminate the friction? How do I eliminate the challenges how do i reduce the possibility of misrepresentation or misunderstanding because don't forget 
this woman had to sell to her neighbors. That's a, it's a principle there. She had to sell to her neighbors. And many of us, we have so many neighbors who are ripe and ready markets and we're overlooking them. We're saying, God, take me to the nations. And God is saying, the skills you're going to need to hone, to develop, to sharpen, to improve upon, to be able to export your oil to the nations, I will use your neighbors to sharpen those skills, to develop those competences, to fine-tune your processes, to give you instant feedback, right? Your neighbors can give you feedback and there's nothing they can do about it because they're going to see the next day and the day after and the day after and the day after. So God says that with your neighbors, tag somebody in the comments and say, start with me. Start with me. Now, the market will be bigger than me, right? But it may never get bigger without me. Write that down somewhere. Your market will, yeah, will be bigger than me. Okay, that's that, your neighbors. But your market might never get bigger without your neighbors. Do you get what I'm saying? You will sell to more people than the people on your team or your directorate or your, your spiritual family. But your business may never get bigger <laughs> if you don't engage them first. That's key. All right. I wanted to prime our minds for action because today it is a very, where are the Drews? Are the Drews here? It's an action driven teaching. Okay. Action driven teaching. So <laughs> I love it. John Benedict has already sent me samples via WhatsApp. I love it. So I wanted to please understand something that when you look through the Bible and you see those miracles of multiplication, go see what you have. Tell people to sit down together. Those were, those were not, as it were, spiritual instructions. These were similarly natural instructions. So in the teaching, when the pastor closes with go and sell, that instruction is powerful. For all you care, there's somebody's 100 million that is still hanging behind go and sell. As we're speaking, somebody's 500 million that is still hanging so it's going to be like, oh, Peter, how can that happen? Don't worry now. I'm going to teach you tonight. Go and sell. In fact, tag, tag someone in the comments. Just put go and sell. Tag someone to remind them. Go and sell. It says go and sell. That's the instruction. Go and sell. It may seem simple. It may even seem silly. But go and sell. That's it. Go and sell. And I explain. I said, see, you don't even have to be able to fulfill it this week, but just go and sell. Go and take those orders. Go and sell. Go and sell. Don't be complacent. Don't be docile. Don't be relaxed. Don't sleep on a bicycle. You know, after all, they say, well, I'll be like bicycle. Right. But go and sell. So today we're dealing with, with mega change. Okay. And a new me has to come out. I have to sell a new me to my world. I have to sell a new me to my world. A couple of exercises, and I'm trusting God that we'll be able to make the most of the time. Let's go real quick to the scripture I shared on the group. First Kings. Uh, was it First Kings? Okay. Second Kings 4 is what we did on Sunday. I'll refer to it. But First Kings 4... I'll read a little for time's sake from verse 1. All right. Please, if your name is iPhone, you can change it to your real name so that we'll know what, it, what your name is. 
So King Solomon was king. Now follow this place from verse one. So King Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were his officials. Azariah, the son of Zadok, the priest, Elihoreph, and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha. They used to smoke Shisha a lot. Actually, that's not what the word says. But the sons of Shisha, scribes, they were writers. I wanted to see how the Lord is very intentional about describing those people based on the value they were adding to society. So when it says Azariah, son of Zadok, they're priests, spiritual value. Elihoreph and Ahijah, sons of Shisha, scribes, mental, intellectual value. They added value. Joshua, the son of Archilut, recorder. He would capture or articulate thoughts. Okay? Value. Benaiah, the son of Jada, over the what? Army. Are you seeing that now? Value, military value. Zadok and Abiathar, the priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, over the officials or the officers. Zabod, the son of Nathan, a priest and the king's friend. He added value beyond the priesthood because not every priest can be the friend of a king, but he had, was able to extend his brand value into the palace. Ahisha, son of the, uh, over the household. And Adoniram, the son of Abda, over the labor force, overseer. Write this down. I will be defined by the value I add. I will be defined by the value I add or the value I like. I, like, I lack. That's important. So as we speak about change, I want us to get very tactical, very practical, very hands-on. What is going to change concerning my life? I will be defined. Forget it. See, people talk about you in your absence. And most of the time, after they move from your maybe eccentricities or your peculiarities, the most lasting element of your description and definition in the hearts of people is really the value that you add, the value that you add. So verse 7 says, And Solomon had 12 governors. Follow this now. Overall Israel. So he ruled by Israel, but then he built a system. 12 governors overall Israel. What did they do? They provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. These are their names. Ben-Hur, <laughs> the cartoon, in the mountains of Ephraim. Ben-Dekar, in Makaz, Shalbin, Beth-Shemesh. Whenever you see Ben, it means son of. Whenever you see Beth, it means house of. Beth-Shemesh, and Elon Beth-Hanan. Ben-Hesed, in Aruboth. To him belonged Shoko, 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 <laughs> and all the land of Hepha, Ben Abinab, Abinadab, in all the regions of Dor. He had Tafath, the daughter of Solomon, his wife, Bana, the son of Achilud, in Tanakh, Megiddo, and all Beth Shin, which is beside Zarathan, below Jezreel, from Beth Shin to Abel, Mehola, verse incomplete, and so forth. Keep going, keep going. When you get to verse 13, I've told this before. Ben Giba in Ramoth Gilead, to him belong the towns of Jair, the son of Manasseh in Gilead. To him also belong the region of Argob in Bashan. How many cities? 60 large cities with walls and bronze gate bars. One man owned that. That's capacity. And Ahinadab, the son of Edo, in Mahanaim, 
Ahimaaz and Naphtali, he also took Bath, uh, Bezmath, the son of Solomon's wife, and so forth and so forth and all. Now, when you go all the way to verse 20, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the land, as the sand by the sea multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. Verse 21. So don't forget, verse 21. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms. See the becoming, see the change. Verse 1, he was king over. Verse 7, he had 12 governors over. By the time you're getting to verse 21, he was not just king over. He was not just leader over governors. He reigned because not every king reigns. <laughs> to reign means that he exerted supreme influence. His force, his energy, his life, his weight, his gifts, because many of us are kings over spaces, but we're not reigning yet. I proclaim by the mercy of God, there's a mega change in your life. You will not just be recognized as, you know, that guy has it. That lady has it. Your influence, your proliferated impact will become undeniable in the name of Jesus. It is possible for someone to be a king, but you cannot feel the reign of that king. Are you seeing that now? But that's not going to be our story. We are going to exert kingdom influence. The word says that he had sand by the sea, multitude, eating and drinking, and rejoicing. Verse 21. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. The field God has called you to will be in subjugation to God's grace upon your life. The field God has called you to will bring forth proceeds concerning your life in the name of Jesus. And it says, now Solomon's provision for just one day, if you've been, been in my space for longer than a year, you'd have heard me cite this because one of the, is, is a cardinal revelation in my life. Provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour, 60 cores of meal, 10 fatted oxen. Somebody say one day. <laughs> 20 oxen from the pastures, one day. 100 sheep, one day. Besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fatted fowl, one day. Why? Verse 24, because he had dominion over all the region on this side of the river, from Tisha even to Gaza, namely over all the kings on this side of the river, and he had peace on every side all around. Israel dwelt safely under each under his vine and his fig tree from Dan as far as Beersheba all the days of Solomon. Verse 26, Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And these governors, each man in his month, provided food for and for all those who depended on him. That line I told you to recite prophetically, there was no lack in their supply. In other words, it was not just that there was no lack in Solomon's supply. Because they had to supply to Solomon, God ensured that they had no lack. I pray concerning you, there are those who are commissioned to resource your life and your destiny and your ministry and your projects and your assignments. There are those who are supposed to give one-off gifts. There's those who are supposed to give regular gifts. There's those who are supposed to give one-off opportunities that will open the door to the nations. In the name of Jesus, there will be no lack even in their own supply. 
what they need, the will to, the energy, the drive, the desire, the dedication, the willingness of hearts, the likeness of heart that is required, we release it upon them in the name of Jesus. Verse 28, they also brought barley and straw to the proper place for the horses and steeds, each man according to his charge. And we're going to need verse 29 later. And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding, a largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. One of the greatest secrets of my life is inside this passage. And because wisdom and understanding are different things and largeness of heart is completely different things. This is one of the cardinal scriptures, one of my prophetic scriptures in life and destiny. But what I want to do tonight is to show you the, the power of change, the power of change. This is First Kings chapter 4. For you to appreciate First Kings chapter 4, you have to go to chapters before that to see where Solomon was coming from, right? God appeared to Solomon. In fact, see it in the chapter before the really, uh, from verse 5, chapter 3 and verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in the dream by night. And God said, ask, what sh shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your seven David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as this is this day verse 7 watch this now oh lord my god you have made your servant king instead of my father david read that line what's that next line but i am a little child this is solomon he wasn't trying to be humble he was 18 he was a teenager i'm a little child i do not know how to go out or how to come in. I want to pray for somebody. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. Yet the next chapter of his life, this guy is ruling over governors. The next chapter of his life, I'm having goosebumps all over me right now. He's exerting kingdom influence like no king ever before. My assignment tonight is to show somebody how to move from little child to giant king. That in the name of Jesus, that business that is mocking you, that ministry that is laughing at you, that situation that is befuddling you, that thing that you look like a joker to your mates and your friends and your family members, in this next chapter of your life, you will walk in dominion. In this next chapter, the God who took Solomon from a little child, it was a mega change. Solomon became more powerful than David in terms of material assets, not in terms of wisdom, not in terms of consecration or spiritual intelligence, but in terms of spread, in terms of scope. This little child of chapter three becomes a king of kings in chapter four. That one of his guys was in charge of 60 large cities and Solomon had enough capacity to hold that person as one of his boys. What I'm saying to you under God is that there is a mega change that has been appointed concerning your destiny. And those who will hear this, not just as the, as the words of a midweek preacher, but who will hear as the words of a prophet and as the words of a man sent to your destiny, you will walk in the radical reality of a shift that will not take as long as you are thinking it will take. When the Lord began to show me, many of you know that Solomon is one of my uh, prototypes, but of course, without the 1,000 women, <laughs> right? 
When Lord began to show me, so I've studied this life quite a bit, and God said to me, see, this guy starts out as a little child, so tell my people it's okay for you to feel like the underdog. What it means is there's going to be a takeover anointing. I'm telling you that there are people you are looking at right now who look like they are well ahead of you, and they are according to human metrics. But in a matter of six months, in a matter of 12 months, in a matter of 18 months, the, the shift will be so ridiculous. And it's going to be by the spirit, by the things I'm going to be teaching tonight. Do you know that when Solomon was 18 and he became king, there are people who had been fighting alongside his father before he was born. Who, according to man's definition, had a better chance. In fact, if we had enough time, for those who are going to be doing King's course, which are going to start in June, if we had enough time, I would have taken everybody through King's course. But please, LNT, I really need, that's for a while ago, I really need the names of those who are going to be doing um, King's course because I want to also begin to pray ahead. For those who are going to do that, who look into the life of Solomon and David, right? Do you know that Adonijah had already organized a party? Go and check it, chapter one and two. Already organized the party with his friends. They're already drinking. They were saying, oh, Adonijah is king. There are people who have made themselves kings over your field. And God is just looking at them like, there are people who are in quotes, the reigning people right now. And God is like, these people, they are placeholders for Bozzi. They are placeholders for Daring. They are placeholders for Jason. I'm telling you the truth. But there's a change that you must make. And it's not from a place of pride, because again, I've taught us about fame and the fleeting nature and all. It's about knowing what is on the mind of God. Is you have no permission to feel less than. You have no permission to be depressed. You have permission to prepare for what God has promised. You have permission to get ready. You have permission to maximize your obscurity. Because it won't last much longer. Right? Do you know, Adonijah, when that happened, then, then Bathsheba came and said, to, and said, there must be intercession for you to enter into your promised place. Bathsheba came to David and said, ah, David, you promised that my son was going to be the king. And David says, see, I'm not going to lie to you. Bathsheba interceded. Let's pray for the next one or two minutes and just intercede for kings in waiting. For those who look like they are falling behind. For those who look like they may not be in that place yet. For those who may be losing hope. For those who may be saying, God, did you really promise this? Or was it a figment of my imagination? God, did you really call us to reach one billion souls? God, did you really say we're going to be the leaders of our industries? God, did you really say I would operate in the prophetic? God, did you really say my ministry will be transgenerational and transborder? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we release strength, we release grace, we release virtue, we release staying power, we release capacity enlargement, reinforcement in the name of Jesus. Tenacity that we spoke about on Sunday, we release it. Openika Brusbelina Kadina Kabandua Belinda for everyone who's weary and everyone who's tired we're closely with energy we're closely with grace we're closely with empowerment we're closely with mantles of peace and joy we wrap you 
in the warmth of God's assurance in the name of Jesus that you will not quit throwing the towel, you will not be defeated or discarded. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see somebody weeping, but the Lord is wiping your tears away. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In fact, somebody just said, I needed that right now, as in just another prayer. What is change? Change means a difference. It means an alteration, a modification. So change could also mean to replace something, a process or an act in which something becomes different. A process or an act in which something becomes different. It means an alteration, a modification, <laughs> to replace, to exchange. It means to, to also engage differently. So whenever you're thinking about change, you have to think about something different. And I want to lay some foundations around change. For those who are taking quick notes, number one, change is possible. It doesn't matter where you are right now. I was not here. I was not where I am right now in my life 10 years ago. I was not even here five years ago. I was not even here three years ago. I was not even here two years ago. There are things that have changed in me. Certain things more visible, um, more things that are not visible, right? But change is possible. Some of you saw the my mom's uh, testimonies, presentations about me and how, how she said that there was a time as a child and I was telling my sister, I will kill you today. My sister tells the story of me, I don't remember. But you see, the person that has been threatened about being killed will never forget. <laughs> right? You know, I didn't even threaten you, you might forget. But I, I, at some point in my life, I was an angry boy at some point, for whatever reason. I don't know how long it lasted, but there was that season. But right now, I'm like the most peaceful man you would ever meet in your life. Isn't that so? <laughs> I'm like, like the most peaceful person in the history of the world. In a true. Seasonally. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but change is possible. There was a time in my life, so I said on Sunday, I've not run out of supplies since 2008 by the grace and mercy of God. Okay? But there was a time before that, and some of you know my story, where because I didn't want to beg and I didn't want to disturb anybody or be a burden, I literally drank starch. And by starch, not starch and banga, as in starch for clots. I, I drank it. Okay? So change is possible. I want to think about that. It doesn't matter whether you're dealing with an addiction, whether an immoral pattern, or whether you're owing, which is a common one in Nigeria, owing money or owing people's people their deliverables. I wanted to embrace this message with the full persuasion that change is possible. What it means is that person that is struggling to find a job right now can become the greatest employer in Kings in a matter of two years. I wanted to please understand this. These, this reality, as I'm speaking it to you, is actually changing your mind. You might not even feel like anything is changing, but it's ch I, I know that. <laughs> it's changing your mind. Okay? There was a time in my life where, I mean, I remember I, some of you are heard me share this story. Shortly after the debaters, I told one of my friends, um, two or three of them, that I went to speak to someone, I was paid 100000 there. And the person was like, uh-uh, was gold coming out of your mouth? The person couldn't believe it. For me, it was a testimony at the time. 
big deal. Okay. Um, yeah, but things have, have since moved to the point where you can I, I can get paid that. Not that I can. I get paid that multiples of that for the same one hour. And sometimes in a one-to-one context, what is that? Change happens. So never define the entirety of your life and your possibilities based on your current scenario. You will be shortchanging yourself. You will be placing a limit on your God by thinking that the 250,000 naira I'm earning per month right now is the ultimate definition of my potential. The 500K you're earning right now can become the tithe of your tithe of your tithe in a matter of 12 months. I was listening to somebody, um, some of you might know him. Well, let me leave, leave his name out. In my coaching community, I usually share all details. But I'm not saying I'm holding stuff from you. I'm just saying that some people might not have the wherewithal to process the guy in this kind of setting. So this guy was speaking about how his, his girlfriend that time then becomes his wife, believing him that he was in debt, was uh, he had some issues in his businesses and all of that. And he said, he told his girlfriend, see, you know, you can leave me now. No hard feelings. I messed up. Everything is breaking down. No hard feelings. You can leave me. The girlfriend says, see, even if I have to sleep on the couch with you, we'll be together. And guess what? He said in a matter of six months, we had $3 million. Six months in a matter of six months. These are the mega changes Listen, we are going to see them inside this of our kings. I'm telling you. I know that. I Somebody say it is time. Okay. It's going to happen. I know that for some of you, you've had some testimonies, you know, and, you know, all of us just quote all these testimonies and great stuff. I know that there's a face for that in the ministry. There's going to be another face. You, can't, you will not be able to quote it because it's going to be so outlandishly, magnificently visible. Okay, and we are entering, we have entered into that phase. You enter it, into it spiritually first, and then ultimately, um, every other thing begin, begins to catch up. We're going to have those explosive things. I'm talking about three months, and somebody's doing 100 million, uh, six months, somebody's doing 500 million. Somebody, we've entered into that phase, okay, because God needed to deal with our hearts and God needed to deal with our productive, productive systems. Many of us are still are. Many of us are in the place of building systems, borrowing jars. Okay, that's where we are. We're numbering jars. We're, we're counting jars. Okay, um, but the oil is going to flow. <laughs> it's it's predictable. Okay, all right. Number two, change is inevitable. People grow. The young shall grow. It's inevitable. I've I've been parts of ministries, either ministries I was inside or ministries I was around or that I minister for supported. And I knew when they were in a phase where we are right now. So beyond even the prophetic, beyond whatever God is going to do, people grow, right? Under our noses in Kings now, we've seen people grow. We've seen, you, you've seen people grow, right? Attitudinally, spiritually, mentally, environmentally, financially, people are growing. So change is inevitable, okay? What we want to do, though, is not to wait for change, but to decide the kind of change we want and then to position and prepare. I'll talk about that later. Number three, change may not always be enjoyable, okay? So the goal of change is not always for me to enjoy it. The goal of change is for me to enjoy God regardless of what is changing. 
I must enjoy God regardless of what is changing. I must at least try to find my pleasure in God because like I said on Sunday, for some people, you're going to have explosion. So this thing, who was I speaking with? Speaking with someone, I said, a lot of people don't know how to pastor big people. When I say big people, I mean major people, like massive people. Because I said to the, okay, yeah, I remember. It was Delacroix uh, and Kiva. So I said that because what happens sometimes is that a pastor prophesies and says, you're going to be a multinational business person. I said, does the pastor realize that when you say that, that person is not going to be still in church every Sunday? <laughs> Are you aware? You can't explain that. If you say your, your business is going to be in the nations, there will be a face in that person's life. Therefore, what is going to be the pastoral model that you build around that to be able to ensure you have a point person in Paris or Geneva or a person in Honolulu <laughs> or a person, right, in FGGC? Are you seeing what I'm saying? So <laughs> the growth of your business may not always be enjoyable. Okay, me receiving 300 messages a day is not enjoyable. Trust me, I don't enjoy it <laughs> because until I learned how to divorce myself from it, I always felt I was falling behind. But then who says you're falling behind? Because there was a time when technology allowed you to reply a message three weeks later. So why should I feel bad? I'm replying your WhatsApp message three days later. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sleeping. So part of, of that growth will not be enjoyable because your baby boy life is for us to think that because I'm not enjoying it doesn't mean that, sorry, that the fact that I'm not enjoying it means nothing is changing. No, something is changing even though you're not enjoying it. You may not enjoy what comes with the change, but God is at work in you, okay? So enjoyment is not the SI unit for my transformation. It's not, and I need to be comfortable with that. I must realize that when I move from being a renegade shepherd, Moses, to becoming a leader of 2 million angry people who have found 30-year history of abuse is not going to be enjoyable. Yet, that is the only pathway to my, to my fulfillment as Moses. Now, when I have to engage on a 100-year project to build an ark, that has no reference point, no prototype, no simulation. There is no encyclopedia that captures the details of building. And it's going to take me more time than I have, or I think I have. And people are going to misrepresent me for over 100 years. I should realize that God is at work, even though I'm not enjoying it. The believer, particularly the mature believer, must embrace the reality that my personal enjoyment is not the proof of God's operations on the earth. <laughs> you see that number three points say, I don't even enjoy it. <laughs> are you saying that? Number four, Change can be predictable. Uh, this is where, and I can be responsible for it. Change can be predictable and I can be responsible for it. So this is where I begin to say, hey, I can change certain things concerning my life. I can change what I eat. I can change what I wear. I can change where I go. I can change what I spend, right? I can choose what I prioritize. I can choose. I can choose that. Okay? Um, so you have to think about that critically, that change can be predictable. How do I mean? If it's hot, I can turn on the air conditioning system. Air conditioning system is not cooling, I can top up the gas. The gas is not cooling, I can fix the compressor. 
I can change certain things, okay? And I can choose to be responsible for the things I can change. It is responsible to take responsibility for the changes I can make. It is responsible for me to take responsibility for the changes I can make. Anybody feeling good? Are you, are you all right? Okay. Number five, there are changes I can determine and there are changes I cannot control. Okay. So changes I can determine. If I can turn those changes, I take responsibility. If I cannot determine those changes, if I can't control those changes, I can control myself in spite of those changes. I choose who I am per time. Someone needs to write that down. It's so powerful. That woman chose to beg. And when the, the prophet said, hey, what do you have in your house? Go search. She moved from beggar to researcher. Then she moved from researcher to arranger. Then she moved from arranger to loan taker. Then she moved from loan taker to productive. You can change. I want you to please understand that. You are not a tree. You can move. Even if you are a tree, you are what? Vig tree. Okay? <laughs> Victoria's tree. You can choose. Because I think that sometimes our desperate desire to see God move his hand then stops us from moving our feet. Whilst I'm waiting for what God will do, what can I do? I can choose to change. Nobody condemned me to a career path. Nobody condemned me to a certain borrowing streak. I can say, hey, no more borrowing until I fix this. I can. I can choose to change. It is well within my jurisdiction as a God-designed entity in the earth to take a position and to say, how many, many of us have been committed to our moods before. You were committed to depression and you stuck with it. You were committed to anger. You were committed to pain. You were committed to victim. You were committed. Okay? So you can be committed to excellence. You can be committed to productivity. You can be committed to prayer. You can be committed to forgiving people. You can be committed to challenging yourself and say, if I can watch Netflix or so and so hours, I can watch a message. I can use on a song. I can write that. I can draft this. I can design that. <laughs> Sounds like unfortunately, yes, sir. Whilst you're waiting for God to move his hand, move your feet. Okay? Now, number six is, I want to prepare and position for change. And when we get to our text, you're going to see that Solomon, God bless Solomon, King Solomon, and of course, Minister Solomon too. Solomon said, how can I rule over this great people? And we see all of that in, in the Bible. It was David. David was right now. <laughs> Who was I speaking with? Possibly Damian Bukola. Possibly. I don't remember where we were, but I said, do you know that David died? Do you know, do you know who David is? It's David that we speak about that killed Goliath. He died. So change is going to happen. Change is possible. But the thing is, Solomon decided that the death of my hero is not the end of my destiny. The death of my hero. David was a big deal. David is a big deal. In Egypt today, I mean, Israel today, even people that don't believe in Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, they still revere David. He's the biggest hero. Right? Maybe I have to 
Abraham. But in terms of king, leader, <laughs> David was the man. And so, see. And so, thank you. David. So, what did what did Solomon do? He positioned and prepared for change. Thank you so much. Position and prepared. So, please, when we're speaking about mega change, these mega changes will happen. And they will happen very fast. For some of you, this is not a curse. I'm not cursing nobody. But one or two of you will lose your job, your nine to five. And the whole point, listen, this is a word of, I don't know whether that's wisdom. Also. Yeah. When it happens, particularly for that person, it will happen to like in a Joseph situation where you'll be fired unjustly. It is the leap of your life. That is what's going to launch you into those billions. I don't know how many people have noticed. Have you noticed that many of the messages I've been preaching to you from January last year till now are preparatory messages? Have you noticed? Some of you might need to go and look back at those messages that I'm, I'm speaking prophetically. I'm preparing you because I know I can sense, I can feel it. The King of Glory is here. I can feel it. Can you see it? I know it. These things will happen. So why am I talking about fame? Why am I talking about investment? I'm talking about preparation? I'm talking about land? Why am I talking about structure? Why am I talking about building? Because these things will happen so fast. They'll say, can you take care of 10,000 orders? Can you handle 200 clients? We want counseling, mental health counseling, premarital counseling for 200,000 princesses. Do you have the the heart okay right so we have to then prepare and position for change we have to we have to prepare and position for the 200 people that are coming to kings over the next one to two years we have to prepare for that and it's a preparation and a positioning and number seven choose the change you want to see and invest in the process of generating the outcomes you desire. Choose the change you want to see. Choose the change you want to see. So we're going to look at the text and we'll talk about press of change. Are we feeling good? So you see now, when you go to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, actually, when you go to verse, uh, verse 5, the Lord appeared okay, to Solomon. And I spoke about picturing stuff, visualizing stuff, revelation last week. You know, the Lord appeared. Solomon said, you showed great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because you walked before you in truth, righteousness and uprightness of heart and all of that. Verse 7, it says, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child. I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I don't know my ways around this place. You know, David had Jonathan. I don't even have nothing. <laughs> Maybe I have Nathan anyway. It said, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous to be numbered or counted. Now verse eight, 9, therefore give to your servant a, an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Please don't miss the lesson. Solomon is like, I don't want to get to the point where I need it and I don't have it. 
He did not wait because shortly after this was when the two mothers who had their children now came. Imagine if he didn't pray this prayer. You need to be asking yourself, I'm feeling God right now. Like I've been asking myself for about seven years. You're going to be pastor, prophet, kings, presidents, counselors and all. Right? What kind of person would you have to be? What does that person need? What does the pastor of a 5,000 member church require? How does he think? What does he dwell on? What does he pay attention to? If you're going to run a business that does a billion dollars, who are the people that are currently doing it now? What are the pressure points on their marriages, on their mental health? Because you know what? Many pastors, don't let me just say pastors, many high achievers are not mentally at 100%. Why? You must ask yourself the reasons. Why? What do I need? Who do I need? I know many high achievers, who, their biggest problem is they don't have true friends and they can smell thickness all around. What is my friendship plan? How will I define it? Solomon said, who is able? He said, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? In other words, what kind of thing will this people need? Ah, God said, but boy, look at verse 10. He said, the speech pleased the Lord. Imagine it was a question, but God said, that's a speech. You just give a speech. It was a question. See, the best presentations before God are questions. It's not a conclusive statement, mic drop, because many of us try to impress God. <laughs> you script this very long thing, and then you drop a boom. So what we're missing, we don't know, but we think God is missing everything. We think God is the one that is missing everything. <laughs> God, you're missing something. God, I know you are good, but you're missing, there's something I'm missing concerning my life. Ooh, I need to run time. The word says, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself, understand and to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you, what have I given you now? I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. You are one of a kind. And I have also given you what you have not even asked, riches and honor, so that there shall be uh, not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And he awoke and all of that. He offered, he offered sacrifice. It's possible. Somebody say, I'm changing. My mind is changing. My heart is changing. My emotions are changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. 
You can change without growing, but you can't grow without changing. You can change without growing, but you can't grow without changing. You can change without growing, but you can't grow without changing. So the one who must grow is the one who must change, who must change, who must change. You must have fewer attachments to who you've been and greater attachment to who you are called to be. You must have fewer attachments to who you have been and a greater commitment to who you are called to be. You must change. The rate at which you change determines the, the pace at which you grow. The rate at which you change determines the pace at which you grow. So what are the four major steps in every story of transformation? Every story of transformation has at least four steps, four major steps. Number one, information, revelation. Information, revelation. Revelation, information. Revelation of information. Information, revelation, right? All of that, in that whole bandwidth, I'll put information, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, all of that, okay? Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. I don't want to go so deep because I'm watching the time, okay? But anybody getting something? If you're getting some, let me know you're getting something. If this is good, let me know it is good. It's good to see Perfecta. It's good to see Ezekiah. It's good to see Bukola Kintola. It's good to see Paul Robertson on the call. Right? So the first thing, nothing changes in my life except I receive new light. Every teaching says the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. So change starts with new light. Change starts with new light. And you can see that, I mean, like, you go over and over and over all through the word. You're going to see God sending forth his light. Okay? Sending forth his light. God has said, Psalm 119, there's so many things in Psalm 119. In fact, every believer should read it as often as they possibly can. Psalm 119. Let me see if I can pick a couple of things. Oh. Verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Verse 34. Give me understanding, and, sh and I shall keep your law. Verse 35. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. I delight in it. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Let's go all the way, all the way. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 98. You, through your commandments, what have you done? You've made me wiser than my enemies. See, a lot of people pray against their enemies. Imagine. A lot of people pray against their enemies. My enemies must die. My enemies must this. My enemies. See, it says meditate on the light of God and you'll be wiser than your enemies. Which means that your enemies don't even need to die. They need to live long enough to see how God is going to use their worst plans to your best advantage. 
They need to live long enough to be converted by the testimonies God will bring in your life. Most of your enemies don't need to die. I said most. <laughs> I think there are very, 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 very few enemies that really need to die. Very, very, very few. And those are the ones that I'm, I've married. Many of those enemies, they are not personal enemies. Most enemies that need to die are territorial enemies. They are dispensational enemies. They are demon-possessed entities that cause trouble for nations. And then, of course, some petty, petty, which is that you know, innocent people. And why they need to die? Because they've married their souls to demonic altars. And they've sworn, some of them, that people will not progress without them dying. So, yeah, that's why. Not because God cannot use their life to advance his purpose. So he says, make me wiser. He said, you through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies. That means obeying God positions me above the worst strategies of my enemies. Can I tell you what we saw in the life of Solomon? Go and show me one place where Solomon carried his sword to fight. Go and see, the next level of wealth in kings, it will look dramatically stressless. As in, PDAMs will be inside dream space and get a lot of 250 million. PLT will just get a call that, oh, there's somebody that just sent you 100,000 pounds. Minister will just be like, see, oh, they are bringing the session supply 500 Cecilia and any other Leah that you have. Jade, can you be the voice of XYZ Automobile? There is that dimension in God. When your hustle begins to put you to shame, go and ask yourself, was I called to hustle or was I called to follow God? I'm telling you now. Because uh, you, Solomon didn't fight no battles, at least not with swords. He fought with wisdom. <laughs> fought with wisdom. He says, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. He said, my enemies are always with me. They're always there. But they're not a factor in my destiny. They don't, rather, they're not a factor in my emotional state. You use them as a factor of production in my destiny. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Why? For your light is my meditation. Your testimonies, your truth are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. My interaction with your light allows me to process history with wisdom. Allows me to understand why, how the battle of Culloden fits my destiny in 20. It allows me to extract the useful elements of history and to apply them productively in the now. Says, I, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your, your precepts. Are you here? And then it speaks about restraining myself from evil, sweet are your words, and all and all. Go to verse 105. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So now we're in the process of change. You've spoken about seven things in change. Now we're speaking about the process of change. The first process is light, revelation, information. If I want to change any area of my life, I need the light of God concerning that area. I must have the light. I must bathe myself in the light. If it's finances, I'm getting through all the series, all the messages, wealth and riches. This one, mega supply. I'm putting all of that together. I'm using, I'm chewing. I'm, see, what happens then is just like food. 
you don't absorb the nutrients in food by taking a selfie with it. Come on, that's good stuff. You don't, you don't just take a selfie and the sun serves and go like, oh, I understood the message. No. What do you do? You smell it. You smell it. You sniff it. You interact with it. Then you, you take portions of it. Then you eat it. Then you chew on it. You meditate on it because you're trying to extract the juice, not just the color. Chew on it. Chew on it. Information, revelation, that's understanding. Right? So there's that dimension. Now, when you go all the way to, and there are many things I don't, I just don't. Let's go. When you go all the way to verse 140, he says, your word is very pure. There was a time that slang used to rain. Oh, pure. That girl is pure. Who remembers that, that time the slang used to rain? Oh, that, that, pure. That, that stuff is pure. <laughs> he said, the word of God is very pure. It's clean. It's neat. What you need is inside of it. In fact, it shows you what you don't need. <laughs> you don't need to add to it. You need to use it to separate the things that are keeping you busy that are not supposed to be taking your time. Therefore, your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your steps. And that makes me big. Okay? Look at verse, verse 147. I rise before the dawn of the morning. What do I do? And cry for help. What do I do? I hope in your word. Verse 148, my eyes are awake when? Through the night watches, not for me to watch Netflix. You can do that once in a while. But he said the major thing is, through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Let me tell you, a lot of African believers are missing many things. Because many African believers, when we, when we keep watch night, what do we do? We pray. But many of the prayers are already answered in the word. So we should have more word vigils and not just prayer vigils. We should have word vigils. We should have word vigils. We should interact with the word. A lot of my nights, of course, there's a lot of singing, right? But many, I'm asking God questions. I'm writing things down. I'm looking at the chapter. I'm looking at the word. I'm not saying no prayer. When the pastor says prayer is not necessary, no, you need both. The quality of your revelation will come through communication. Quality of your communication is based on revelation. Both feed is a cycle you should feed. And I've taught you that a lot of transformational times of prayer will come through meditative prayer. That's your heart and your mind and your emotions are engaging God at an intimate level. Are we here? So you see that. It's a vigil, verse 148. My eyes are awake through the night watches. It's not as if my eyes are closed. They are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Okay? And then after I say, hear my voice. See, don't ask God to hear your voice if you are not hearing his own voice. Because some of the things you're asking him to talk about, he has already answered inside his word. He has already answered. Finally, from that place, oh, can it be final? Sorry. Psalm 119. Uh, help me, Lord. Somebody say, help me, Lord. 
Have we said, have we done 105? Your word is a lamp to my feet, we have, and a light to my path. All right. Okay, and then let's do 170. 172. Good. My tongue shall speak of your word. So I need to have the word of God, not only in my heart, but also on my tongue. Oh, thank you, God, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, for the camels are coming to me. Thank you, Lord, for illumination upon my past. Thank you, God, that as I sell this week, there's plenty everywhere. I'm an internationally recognized solution provider to the health sector. Thank you that my love and treats are lovingly treated everywhere they are tasted. Thank you that my voice on every voiceover project penetrates the darkness, breaks depression, and commands the attention of a generation. To write those checks you bring to yourself and hold say, thank you, Lord, because now my tithe is 10 million naira every month. Big things, when you say them over and over and over and over from a true heart in the realm of the spirit, after a while, they become small to your mind. David spoke so small of Goliath that it became true. He spoke so lowly. You know they say, don't speak highly. Let no man speak more highly. He spoke so lowly. You've got to speak so lowly of that growth in your body. Thank you, God, this, this growth has disappeared. I give you praise and glory because I am now living whole and hurting. Thank you that my blood flow, my monthly flow has stabilized. I give you praise and glory for normalcy. Said that my, your words, my, my tongue shall speak of your word. So effective prayer is sponsored by revelation. Okay, now let's look at Psalms 36 and verse 9. We love, we love the scripture. Let's take from verse 7 actually. How precious is your loving kindness of God? Therefore, the children of men. Put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Verse 8. They are what? Abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Somebody say, I see lights and lights. La, 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 light. Light. La, 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 light. Light. So the very first thing is, I need to get light. Now, because I preach the whole counsel of God's word, that light is revelation. It's teaching from your pastor and all. That light is also studying bodies of knowledge where God has given man light. Okay? Studying bodies of knowledge. Studying, paying for coaching, paying for therapy if you need to, paying for, for counseling, paying for mentorship. Having a budget. See, this is what I'm saying. Solomon said, what kind of person will lead your people? Do you know that almost every Fortune 500 CEO spends millions of dollars on coaching every year? Are you aware? So when people say, oh, I want my business to grow big, where, show me your budget for coaching. Show me. Show. I need to see it. Jesus was hidden till 12. By 12, he was engaging the scholars of his day. And then it disappears again between 12 to 30. And he comes back and the Pharisees are still not smarter than him. What was he doing? 
How was he doing? Definitely not making a fool of himself. Definitely not. So that light, listen, there's a dimension of the light of God that you will not enter into except through the light of God in other lights called men. There are some aspects of divine revelation that will not be yours until you've learned through the lamps of other people that God has lit. Are you, are you seeing this now? Ooh. Are we here? When I said, let your light so shine before men, a lot of people think it's just, you know, me burning, me, me being famous. No, he's saying, let the stuff you are made of, let the, let the stuff, the, <laughs> the substance of wisdom that you are made of, let it, let it shine. Okay, let it shine. So Job 29 verse 3. Get knowledge. Job 29. When his lamp shone upon my head, my head, my thinking instrument, and when by his light I walked through darkness, which means that the one who has light is not afraid of darkness. The one who has light concerning the economy is not afraid of the recession. The one who has light concerning marriage is not afraid of conflict in marriage. The one who has light about business is not afraid of changing policies. The one who has light, spiritual light, is not afraid of the enemy trying to throw tantrums because your victory is one band of light away. Right? Verse 4, just as I was in this in my prime one, the friendly counsel of God was over my tent. You see that now. Said when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with cream and the rocks puffed rivers of oil for me, when I went, read the rest of it. So the second press of change, the second thing in the press of change is decisions. Once I've received light, I now know, oh, wow. I can actually give a billion naira in my 30s. Oh, I can actually lay hands on the sick and they get healed. Oh, wow. I can actually build a house for my parents at 27. Oh, wow. I can actually walk on the street tomorrow and win seven people that can be saved. Kings on Sunday, we can actually have 500 people physically present. These are mega changes. The second thing is to decide. A decision is proof that I'm not taking my revelation for granted. A decision is proof that I'm not taking my revelation for granted. To not decide based on the light I have is to make light of the light I have. Ooh, come on now. To not make a decision based on the light I have is to make light of the light I have, is to trivialize the light I have. So one of, the, one of the greatest signs of commitment to a revelation is a decision I'm making. So when I thought of thought portions, many of you made a wise decision. Many of you, you put your portions on auto debit. Uh, on debit. Some of you, you opt your portion. That's it. You made a decision. Because no revelation travels far without the one to whom it's given making a decision. No revelation goes far 
without the one who's the recipient making it. Jesus said, behold, I come in the volume of the books written of me. When I've seen what's written of me, I make a decision to bridge the gap between where I am and where that me in God is. Decision. A decision is a bridge between my revelation and my reality. A decision is a bridge between my revelation and my reality. Solomon, he prayed and said, God, give me wisdom. Guess what? The next thing, two women came. You remember the story? Two women. One person slept on, he, on her child and killed the child and then now said, hey, let me go and meet the king. Go. Let's divide this boy. Because after you've had a revelation of God, you'll be exposed to a situation amongst men that will test your alignment. Will you align with the revelation of God or will you go by default to the previous you? Ooh, I need to run time. Decision. I've taught this before. Decision is decision. Decision means to cut. D is off. Decision means I'm cutting off. The further you are going, the narrower your circle must be. The further you are going, the slimmer your travel partners must be. So you have to keep cutting off, cutting off, or consolidating. You will not find a sprinter carrying plenty bags. Even though he has a lot of them in the hotel. The faster an aircraft must go, the more pointed its frontal tip must be. Isn't that so? Come and talk to me, guys. So you must make a decision. So Solomon made a decision. What was the decision? He said, I need to, to judge these people. First Kings chapter, chapter 1. Chapter 1 says, so King Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were his officials. That's verse 1, 1 Kings 4. Now when you go to verse 7, and Solomon had 12 governors over Israel who provided food for the king and his household. He made certain decisions that eliminated his involvement in mundane matters. Solomon said, my focus is to make sure people are, are doing great, so I need to decide to build people that will do the things I'm currently doing. A decision, a quality decision, will force you to delegate. Force you to delegate. There are many good things, but there are many good things that you should not do. A decision. I'm trying to run because of time. Almost, almost nine. Number three, in the process, you must now take action. 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 Solomon of First Kings 3, he says, I'm a child, I can't go out, I can't come in. Solomon of First Kings 4 is the mega Solomon. Is <laughs> the mega changed Solomon. That Solomon was not Solomon saying, I didn't ask God, I didn't ask God. No, go and read it. He said that Solomon had 12 governors. He mentioned their names and all whatnot. When you go all the way to verse 20, they were numerous as sand on the seashore. Verse 21, he reigned. Verse 22, he knew what his position was. Verse 24, he had dominion over all the region. Verse 26, he had 40,000 stores. 
They brought verse 29, then God now gave him wisdom, exceedingly great understanding, likes of heart, and all of that. He took action. Verse 31, he was wiser than all men. How did we know? A man's level of wisdom demonstrated through his decisions and his actions. So that means he engaged projects. He took on things that demonstrated the superiority of his wisdom. If two people are quiet and they look just the same, we don't know who's wiser. But when it gets to the point of decisions and actions, we can tell. Because decisions and actions are the parents of the proof of wisdom. And then when you read the other things, you know, and then, so number, number four is repetition of actions. Sorry, repetitions of intentions, actions, and dispositions, or actions, intentions, and dispositions. Repetition of aid, AID, actions, intentions, dispositions. Many people don't go through the process of change, but this is the press of change. Number one, information revelation. So wisdom, understand knowledge. If you don't have the right raw material, you cannot make qualitative decisions. So if you don't have the right revelation, understand wisdom, you can make the right decisions. And if you don't make the right decisions, you waste your actions. But many believers, they get to the point of decisions, they don't take the actions. Some do the actions, they don't repeat it. You have to repeat it over, 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 over. The power of the stone in the sling is gathered through the repetition of the swing. The power in the stone, in the sling, is gained, is gathered through the repetition of the swing. You have to swing it over and over and over before you release it. So the repetition of actions. But when you do the actions, also check your intentions. Are my intentions still aligned? Are my actions aligned with my intentions? Then disposition. Now what's disposition? Disposition is your attitude, how you are coming across. When those actions don't seem to be generating the results you want, are you losing your joy? That disposition is very, very important because that's what the enemy uses as a point of accusation to say, this person is not ready for that miracle. This person is not ready. This person has an open door. There's offense, there's bitterness, there's envy, there's loss, there's jealousy, there's crisis. I can delay this person. When you have this four properly aligned, then you have transformation. As, I, as we close, I just want to prophesy to somebody that the King Solomon of the next chapter, maybe I'll continue with Solomon on Sunday, or maybe I'll continue with the widow woman. But I just want to prophesy to somebody and say this, that there is a King Solomon who has dominion coming out of you. Dominion, who will reign. That Solomon will reign. That Solomon will not just, oh, my dad, dad Solomon, oh, what a nice boy of David. Oh, what a good boy. No, no, no. You're not going to be known as just Solomon, son of David. You'll be King Solomon. See, Solomon was not a son of David, but that's not why he stood out. He stood out as, his, as the God-ordained manifestation of individual excellence. 
God said there will be none before you or beside you or behind you. So before you and the one after you, right? I proclaim concerning you that as you align with these five things, tell me which one are you going to, which one do you really need to work on? Those five, information, revelation, in brackets, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, then decisions. Some of us are slow in making decisions. So you see an opportunity, you stall and stall and stall, you overthink and then you forget it. Or actions, then repetition. Which of them? Decision. Decisions. I heard my mother say this many years ago. Decisions determine wealth. Decisions, it, it changed my life. Decisions determine wealth. Just decide. The least I will make going forward is a millionaire a month. The least I will make any month going forward is five million. The least I will make, just decide. The least I will give as an offering is 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. Just decide. Don't write two to three. Write what the actions are. <laughs> write what the points are. Many are Somebody say in the name of Jesus, I am a candidate of mega change. I am a recipient of mega change. I manifest mega change. My mind is changing at the speed of light. My heart is changing at the speed of revelation. My life is changing at a phenomenal pace. Everything is working together for my good. Things are changing so fast. My results, my rewards, my references, my referrals, and my returns are changing so quickly. Everything in my life is receiving an upgrade in the name of Jesus. They are ginormous, outrageous changes. People can see it. People can sense it. People can feel it. Something in me is growing bigger, stronger, better, faster. In the name of Jesus, I'm manifesting the highest, best, wisest version of me than ever before. There's a question I asked some people in my coaching committee some weeks ago. I want to ask you, have you given yourself permission to investigate the strongest, biggest, wisest, fastest you. What does that person look like? Begin to give that person permission. The biggest, wisest, strongest, fastest you. You don't even know who that person is. Because the moment this version of you can isolate that version of you, you will see another version of you. I proclaim concerning you that you have a light. You have illumination. For those who have struggled with Bible study, receive fresh strength. In the name of Jesus. We're going to start our morning sessions again next week by God's grace. And some of those morning sessions will be more devotional and prayer, devotional and declaration. We'll also trust God to know whether we're going to do some that just business week, relationship week, um, health week, and all. We'll trust God for that. But before we do on, to, maybe we'll give us to the end of the month, actually. I want you to please go and excavate. There is enough resource in your notes from Kings and your notes from your personal meditation. And I don't want it to become religious. Just say to yourself, just declare the word, just bathe your mind with the word of God and change it. Things are coming faster and better. Things are working together for my good. People are calling my name. The glory of God on the inside of me is not a, the best kept secret any longer. I'm shining brilliantly. Um, my heart is radiant with joy. The declarations were made at immersion. 
They are finding sweet expression. I'm not waiting for another six months to see results. No. In fact, this week I proclaim, receive it. You will sell and you will sell out. Don't take the passage. The Bible didn't say, the prophet said, wait for your neighbors to come and look for their jazz. Then sell the oils when they come to us. I said, no, go and sell. I say that again as a word, a prophetic word for this week. Go and sell. Outdo your records. Shatter the limits. Break the limitations. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Make a change. Reign, Solomon. Dominate, Solomon. Rule over this land and over that land. Extend the influence of God's grace over your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.